If you would, please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We will pick up where we left off last time that I spoke. Um, We didn't get very far, but Ephesians chapter 1, we see that Paul is is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, but we we find that uh, that was probably the larger church in the area, and he's probably writing... This, uh, this letter to all of the churches in Asia Minor. Uh, Ephesus happened to uh, be one of the larger churches. Probably it bears the name um, because, because of its size. It would have been passed from, from the church there at Ephesus to many of the other churches. You could find a list of those churches. That would be the list found in uh, Revelation while you're turning and just kind of to introduce the the topic of this passage, um, I'm just reminded that sometimes people don't realize what they have. We do the same thing. We we don't realize what we have. And I think of I think probably the one of the best examples of that are the people that who were alive at the time of Christ. They probably did not realize the resource that they had there. But uh, there's a story told of William Randolph Hearst, the, the media tycoon uh, in Southern California. And he became enamored with a piece of artwork. Uh, and he just had to have this piece of art. And he sends his people to scour the globe to find the piece of art, but only to find that it was in his own warehouse. He had it all along, but he didn't realize it didn't realize what he had. We probably tend to do the same things. We fail to realize what we have. Sometimes people people don't take advantage of what they have. A story's been told of the couple that uh, they literally died of malnutrition. They, they essentially starved to death and their bodies were found in their own home um, and when they were cleaning up cleaning out the home, there was $40,000 that had been stashed away for hard times. So these people didn't take advantage of what they had. They probably knew what they had, but did not take advantage of that. And I think of the innkeeper, maybe. I don't know if he was aware of what he had. He knew of this baby being born in the stable, Um, but did he know that it was the Christ child? Did he know that it was the the Messiah, the one who would come and save, save the world, provide salvation for all men. Sometimes we don't take advantage of what we have. Well, this is exactly the passage uh, to be reading and, and concerning that. This is, this is Paul's desire here is that people understand what they have, that they come to grips with what they have, um, those who are in Christ Take advantage of that. Realize what we have. Let me begin reading then in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to pick up at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intentions of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he lavished or which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. 
in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and understanding or insight. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his his kind intentions, which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable for the fullness of time, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth, in Him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will, to the the end, that we who are the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. We'll stop right there. Actually, we won't get that far. We'll probably... We'll probably just finish verse 3 today. (laughs) I'm not going very fast, as you can tell. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Actually, this whole passage, what you fail to see. Let me just point out a few things in this passage. You fail to see any commands in this passage. Now, Paul is just simply informing the believer of his blessings. And he enumerates some of these spiritual blessings. But it's not a command. It's, there's no real command here. And you, you think, well, how can you preach without there being commands in Scripture? Well, sometimes God just simply wants to inform us. And that's what Paul is doing here. Paul is just informing us of what the believer has. What their position is. Um, you know, it's it's easy, though, to... To think that, well, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'll be a good Christian, just tell me what to do. Many times it's not what we do, it's what we think. What's going on in our hearts. God came to the point to, of telling Israel through the prophet Isaiah to, to stop praying. I'm not going to listen to you. Stop bringing those sacrifices. Stop, stop worshiping me. Why? Why would he say that? Well, it was their hearts that were so far removed from the Lord that that their actions were just hypocritical. There was nothing there. There was no reality there. Sometimes the mind just has to be informed. Now, that's what Paul is doing, but it's taking on the form of... uh, Paul's doing it in the form of a blessing. A blessing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. And he enumerates some of those those blessings. It's an incredible thing. But through that, he is he is informing the believer of the position. They need to they need to understand how they are to see themselves, how they are to see God, how they are to see things from a spiritual perspective, a spiritual mindset. Another thing that that I want to point out. There's no commands in this passage, but I also want to point out the timing of this passage. This letter was written 
um, about 10 years after the Jerusalem Council. And that was the time when the church got together and determined that God was now working and God was now moving and saving and coming to and bringing those to trust in Him who were outside of the Jewish community. Now that was, that was a big ordeal. That was a major thing. And the church is probably still, their, their mindset is still adjusting to that. And Paul is wanting to inform the mind because it, it helps them to assess these things and, and answer some questions of what is God doing? What is God doing? How does this work? Are we Jews? Are we not Jews? What about those physical blessings? What about the land? What about the, the, the perimeters of the land? Do we get that? Do, you know, where does this fit? And what about Christ as king? Where does that come in? And, and so Paul is, is kind of wanting to take some time to inform the brethren, inform these believers concerning these things. And that's what you see in verses 1, in chapters 1, 2, and 3. You see a lot of information, heavy stuff, good stuff, rich, deep doctrine. Look at verse 15, though. I want to point out, Another element to this, we see that there's no commandments. We see the timing of this, but also we you need to understand that this is a key passage. This is a key passage for the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter one, verse fifteen. Paul, after stating these blessings here, he says, "Now for this reason." I too, having heard of your faith, heard of the faith. So, so he's, he's seen some evidence of, of that God has worked in your life. Uh, faith in Christ Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for the saints. There's more evidence. As I do not, Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. So I pray for you while making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom. I want you to understand. In fact, I pray that you would understand. I pray that God would give you this insight here. Now, Paul has just told them what he wants them to understand. But, but he's praying that they would understand, that, that they would come to grips with this. Um, verse middle verse 17 uh, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of a calling that's a key word i want you to know and understand this calling that which you have been called what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints And he goes on. So pause. This is a key passage. And Paul says, now I hope you get it. I pray that you get it. I hope that you understand what God is doing. And in majority, he's talking about their position in Christ. All of these blessings have that in common. But also, Paul then turns in chapter 4. If you look over to chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I... The prisoner of the Lord implore you. So there's another another element to this. 
He's not, he's informing and he's praying that they get it. They, they grasp what he's saying, but he goes beyond that. And he says, now I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of this calling. Worthy of the calling with which you have been called. So here's, here's what I'm telling you. I pray that you get it. I pray that it affects your life in a way that this spiritual elements begin to work its way out in your life. And then there's one other element to the book, and that's chapter... Actually, chapter 4 and 5, Paul gives very practical uh, ways to work out this calling. And in chapter 6, actually in the, in the middle of chapter 6, verse 10, he, he allows us or, or he informs us or warns us that that Satan is out there. Now, he's talking about spiritual blessings. Pray that you would get this, this spiritual concept and spiritual understanding. I pray that this spiritual understanding would work its way out in your life. But there's a, there's a warning here as well. This whole spiritual element, this whole spiritual realm, you have to be aware of, of Satan and his work. And so Paul gives us that warning. And so you can see the flow of the book and why chapter... 1 verse 3 in particular is very, very important and how it affects the rest of the book. And we need to understand that. So I want to go slowly through this. And it's kind of like, you know, we, we've just had Christmas and my kids, they will, you put a new present under the tree and they will get that present, they will look at it. They will examine the length of this package and fill of it. See if they, is it squishy? No, they don't want that gift. <laughs> That's the last gift they open. <laughs> The squishy stuff. Why? Well, we know what's in there. We don't. They want to know. Is it long? Is it? They, they fill the package. They look at it. They examine it. And that's kind of what we're going to do today. We're just going to examine this package. We don't have time to open it up and look at all of the nuances, all of the things that are in this package, these spiritual, this spiritual blessing. We just want to kind of look at the package, kind of look at it as a whole. And then we'll look, <clears throat> sit down and... As we have opportunity, we'll go through the rest of the chapter. But we're going to focus on, on verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. The point of this passage, what Paul's wanting, his desire, is that those who have, and we, we saw this last time, those who have Christ or God as their father, those who have Christ as their Lord, who are faithful in Christ, those saints, he calls them, he wants them to know, he's wanting to inform them that they have every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. And there's no need to look anywhere else. It's right here. It's what God has done in their life. Now, the word blessing is used, or this word bless, it's actually the word in which we get our word for eulogize. It's just to simply say something good about someone. We see a eulogy or we hear a eulogy. Someone gets up and at a funeral and may, maybe eulogizes someone. They say something good about that person. That's the idea. That's the concept. It's a very fluid thing, and I'm glad for that. Because we could never bless God, could we? 
Because God is sufficient within himself. He is complete within himself. There is nothing that God needs in any kind of a tangible way. So, but we can say something good about God. We can bless God in that, in that way. But notice, though, in this blessing, when God blesses us, it results in a tangible way. There's something there that we can grasp. We're a very needy person. And God is a very benevolent God. He's a gracious God. So when He blesses man, man knows that. It's more than just saying something good. But God says something good about you by, by that blessing. But as far as our speaking well of God, it's not in a tangible way. And it's a very just a, a good reminder for us just to realize that God desires our worship. God desires our worship in just proclaiming worth to Him. Saying good about Him. With our lives, of course, but also with our, with our words. Well, this word blessing is used three times in one, pa- in one verse. So it's a key element. In fact, the, the whole verse is, is tied around this idea of blessing. Blessed be God. The result of this blessing, we'll see, is praise toward God. It's blessing. Um, to to kind of dissect this passage, just this one verse, actually, I want to just ask some questions, and we need to see the different elements of this blessing. We're picking up the package underneath the tree, and we're just going to look at it just objectively and look at this. And here's some elements, and we're, we're just ask some questions about this. Number one, who is the source? Who is the source of this blessing? It's God Himself, isn't it? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul is identifying himself with his readers, with his hearers. We discovered that last week. Who has blessed us? Who? Well, God has blessed us. God is the blesser. God is the one who has has blessed. That says a whole lot about a gift, doesn't it? Um, if I bought a gift for my wife, you know, that's going to be something that if uh, that's going to, you know, she'll look at it one way. But if my, you know, four or eight year old son buys a gift for my wife, it's going to be looked at a little bit different. She, her expectations might be a little bit different depending on the source of the gift. God is the source of this gift. He is the blessing. Or he is the one doing the blessing. Now, just in general, we see that uh, that God is the sustainer and director of everything that goes on here on this earth. And this is His universe. And so every good gift that's given is from above, James says. Every, every good thing that is given and every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. So we understand that, that God is the, the, the blesser of, of all. He is, the, he is the one that every good gift comes from. Another element of this, this blessing, though, is the fact that sometimes God blesses as a result of obedience. He told Israel, you, you serve me, you obey me, and I will bless you. Very much a cause and effect element there 
in fact, he told Abraham, Abraham, those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. Remember that verse. We hang on to that verse. Um, and, and so there's, there's this element that, uh, that of obedience and, and blessing. That's not the kind of blessing that's found in this verse. But we see this, this element as a, it's a common grace. It's part of God's common, common grace. Um, actually, that's a different element. That's a different element. It's not the result of obedience. But God's common grace, we see in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, he says, for he has, he causes his son, this is God's Son, the physical sun in the sky, his son, to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends his reign on the righteous as well as the unrighteous. So God is benevolent and, and his common grace is gracious even to those who do not obey him. So there's, there's a, a couple elements there. There's a common grace that anyone, God, God will bless everyone. He is gracious to everyone. There are some, though, that because of your obedience, I will bless you. There's, I believe that in Proverbs we see that there's a, some natural blessings that comes as a result of living a good, healthy life. That's, I believe, built into God's universe, God's creation. This blessing and cursing. When we pursue good he rewards us. There's a, a natural reward and faithfulness and hard work and excellence. I think the Lord blesses those. Those are part of his creation. But we also see another element of this is that sometimes God just chooses someone upon whom to bestow his blessing. We see that with Abraham. He just simply chose Abraham. There's nothing special about Abraham. He was just like everyone else. But Abraham, God chose to bestow his blessing. Joseph was the same way. Joseph, he was just an ordinary kid, one of the brothers. And Joseph was shown God's blessing even while he was in Egypt. How about Mary? Mary was shown God's blessing by, by just allowing Mary to be the one to carry the the Christ child. What a blessing that was that God bestowed upon her. And she has a, a praise to the Lord because of that, of that blessing. That's the kind of blessing that we see here. It's a, it's a blessing not, of result, not as a result of obedience, but God just specifically chooses and directs his blessing toward a person. For no reason, no obvious reason to us. Source of the blessing is, is God himself and, and, it, and, and that blessing is specific. It is direct toward certain people. Now the picture is, the picture here, and, and just by way of application, there's many commercials that talk about peace of mind. There's commercials. If you if you have automobile insurance, you can have peace. If you have life insurance, you can have peace of mind. 
You can rest well at night if you have this security company watching over your house. You, you can have peace of mind when, when uh, you know, you have the right life insurance policy or when you are a success in a certain area. We, um, we must not forget that God is the source of our blessing. It's not our insurance company. It's not our... You know, God is the source of those blessings. He is, he is a benevolent God. He is the source and comfort of everything, of every spiritual blessing. Now, the question for us then is, is we have to ask ourselves, where do we pull our... Where, where do we pull our resources from? Do we get peace of mind knowing that God is the blesser, that He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing? I think that's what Paul wants us to come to grips with. Not that we don't have insurance. Insurance is a good thing. Automobile insurance, you have to have. Boy, I am glad. I've got two teenagers that are getting ready to drive. I would not go into that phase of life without having... I'm, that's going to give me peace of mind. <laughs> but at the same time, I realize that, you know, it's God the one that has to bless it is in His hands. We can do what we can do. We, we should. But at the same time, we have to recognize that every source of good, every blessing is from God. So, who is the, who is the, the source of the blessing? It's God. Another question. Who is the recipient of the blessing? Well, let's look at this. We don't want to just assume this. And we looked at this last time. Blessed be the God and Father of our... Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul again, he's identifying himself with his readers, and he's pointing out that these readers have God as their Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, our connection to this blesser, this source of blessing, God Himself being our Father, is through Jesus Christ. And he says that, and we'll point that out at the end, in Christ. But we are the recipient. And you have to go back and read verses 1, 2, and 3 to find out the we. Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints. It's those who are exercising righteousness to the saints who have that state of, of righteousness within their own heart that works its way out in their life. Saints who are at Ephesus who are faithful in Christ. That's another characteristic. It's another element. And grace to you and peace from God our Father, calling God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. It's those who have submitted themselves to the Lordship of Christ, having God as their Father, who are faithful in Christ, who are exercising that righteousness out in their life. Those are the ones that are recipients of this blessing. Now, I can tell you, there's many, many people that want to claim these blessings. And I think I went through that last time. There's no need to, to dwell on that, but we have to make sure, we have to be careful that we just don't presume upon God and take His blessings when the reality is there's nothing true, there's no reality there in our own hearts. The picture here is, is one who has, uh, is subjects who have submitted themselves to to their king. 
those are the ones that are going to receive the blessing of the kingdom, the blessing from the king, those who have submit, submitted themselves. And we are reminded, again, Philippians, we are reminded that at some point, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, the ones that receive this spiritual blessing are those who have submitted themselves to Christ. God is their Father. They are exercising righteousness. They are faithful in Christ. Those who are true disciples of Christ will receive this blessing. They will. There's no shortcut, though. No shortcut. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, has you, have you acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord of your life? Have you submitted to Him? Is He your rule over your life? Or are you still, you still in control of this thing? Well, we're looking at this package. We see that God is the source of this blessing. The recipients of this blessing, if we read on the name tag, it says, to you, believer, those who are in Christ. Another question that we want to ask is, what is the extent of this blessing? Now, this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. The word every occurs 52 times in this book. The, if you look down, while he's describing these blessings, Paul uses some other terms here. Um, in verse 6, he freely bestows upon us. In verse 7, in him we have uh, the redemption of our bloods, forgiveness of sins, according to... Um, oh, in verse 8, which he lavished on us. And the idea is just abundance is more than we would ever need. It's not that there's, there's a limit. It's just that that limit has been filled and is just overflowing. It's every spiritual need. There is... Um, it's designed that the, the God of this universe has given everything to his children. Everything. It's all there. It's complete. We see this picture. Um, I found this little illustration. Matthew Henry. Now, he died at the age of 52, and, and he died in 1714. But the mind, he was just a brilliant mind, and the Lord used him, and he wrote commentaries. Uh, at the age of 13... Though he was, he listed in his diary. He he, he called it chronology, uh, chronology uh, counting the mercies of Christ, just the mercies of Christ. And he begins to try to enumerate those for spiritual mercy, for the Lord Jesus Christ, His incarnation, His life, His death, His resurrection, ascension, and intercession for grace for pardon, for peace, for the word, for the means of grace, for prayer, for good instructions, for the good I have gotten of any time under the word, for any help from God under temptation, for a broken heart, for enlightenment. Uh, he says, Lord Jesus, bless thee 
I bless thee and thy word for thy word, for good parents, for good education, for salvation, for baptism. So you can see he's trying to list all of these things, but there's so many. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. And I think he realizes that there's not going to be an end. And here's what he says. And Lord, I give thee thanks because I am thine and I will be thine. I think he just came to the point. He's just trying to list all of these things. And, it's, and he just realizes that, you know what? The bottom line is I am God's. All of it belongs to me. In fact, someday, what are we? We're going to inherit the earth. As God's children, it, it, it all belongs to us. All that will be given has been given. We must wake up to what we have in Christ. Now, do you see why Paul says, I want you to get it? I want you to understand? There's, there's more than you can even imagine here. I want you to get it. We must develop a mindset of of a child of God. We must develop the mindset of, of someone who is rich in spiritual blessings. And the question for us is, do you live as though you are desperate spiritually, in need spiritually? Do you live as though you don't have answers to life, that there is no hope, that there is no purpose in your life? How about this? Does your joy come from another source? Do you get that peace of mind from other sources? Your own success or or whatever. Or does that joy come from a, a consistent source being God? That joy that's just consistent, just faithful. Well, we have to examine ourselves. We have to think about this. Do we live as though we have every spiritual blessing? That's pretty, that's pretty tough. Sometimes I'm not so strong. Sometimes I'm not so uh, confident. Sometimes I don't, I don't act like I have the answers. Or maybe I'm losing hope. But just remember, you have every spiritual blessing. You have it all. It's here. There's no more that needs to be added. Everything. And it comes as a single package at the time of salvation. Well, God is the source of this blessing. Believers are the recipients of this blessing. The extent of this blessing or the range of this blessing is comprehensive. It's total. It's complete. The the nature of this blessing is spiritual. That's another question. What's the nature of this blessing? Well, it's spiritual in nature has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, how do we view this? How do we understand this idea of spiritual blessing? Some commentaries say, well, it's, it's talking about uh, spiritual as opposed to physical. And the context here, and, and you can almost kind of see this, that, um, that there's been a shift, a major shift from Israel, that God is no longer working through a nation, but is calling out peoples from every nation. And the... And the uh, in this context, he has moved from physical blessings. If you obey me, I will bless you. And, and land and prosperity to spiritual blessings. Blessings of a spiritual nature. And you can 
I can see that. And in fact, we see in uh, the um, over in uh, chapter two, we begin to see that Paul is contrasting. Then there is some comparison there to Israel and the church, those who are genuine believers today. And so you can see that yes, there is a there is that comparison. And we move from physical blessings. We don't anticipate those physical blessings anymore as as believers. We understand it is spiritual blessings. It's in a spiritual realm. Now you have a whole group of people that are out there saying that, no, it's talking about physical blessings. And you can, you can expect these, as you become a Christian, God is going to bless and you're going to have houses and you're going to have money and you're going to be a success in that, in that realm. And that's not the realm at all of what Paul is speaking about here. Some people say, another commentary would say, spiritual blessing is referring to the source of the blessing. Pneumatikos is the the Greek word, and it's, uh, it's always or usually referred to as the Holy Spirit. And so the source of the blessing would be, would be, uh, the Holy Spirit be the means by which God is blessing us is through the Holy Spirit. So the source would be the Holy Spirit. And it could be that as well. There is that element. There's also another commentary that is talking about the spirit of man. It's not the spirit of God. It's the it's the every spiritual blessing. It's talking about man's spirit. And they would go on to say that that these blessings are only for those who are spiritual, not those who are carnal. And they would divide things up into that way. Those who are fleshly don't, don't receive these blessings. Well, when we really just look at what Paul is saying here, we really don't see a sharp contrast between Israel and the church in this immediate context. So I don't, I don't think he's saying there. It doesn't seem to be the source, or Paul would have re, rearranged some of the wording and said it a little bit more clear. I think he's talking about here the nature of the blessing. What's the blessing like? Well, it's in this spiritual realm. It's, it's locative. It's in the location of the spiritual. Um, it, is, it is what the blessings are by nature, not the way they are received that he's talking about, that he has in mind here. There are spiritual blessings in heavenly realm. In fact, Paul goes on to say, Spirit blessed us with every spiritual blessing where? In the heavenly places. And that's better translated in the heavenlies. And that's that spiritual realm. That's where God is on his throne. That's where there's angels, there's heavenly bodies. And God is... Uh, that's, a, that's sometimes a... A realm that we forget about, that we don't know about, that we just kind of forget. We just don't acknowledge it and it's not there. But it is no less a reality. In fact, that's where we have our, our blessings. The blessings. The blessings are comprehensive, comprehensive that God has bestowed. And these are spiritual in nature. And they are designed to meet spiritual needs of the recipient. Um, I liked what one commentary said. He said, it is, it is though these spiritual blessings God has taken, spiritual blessings, God has taken the natural state of man and has altered it 
changed it or transformed it into a spiritual state. We live in this spiritual state, but we don't even, we're not even aware of it. The author of Hebrews, he reminds us uh, of our calling, and he, he says this, Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. We have dual citizenship, don't we? We have a citizenship here, and we also have a citizenship in heaven, Paul reminds us. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul reminds us that there are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. For the glory of the earthly body is one and the glory of the heavenly body is another. There's two different realms here. Philippians 3, Paul reminds, reminds us that he is, he says, I press toward the goal of the, the prize of the upward calling the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's not on this realm. Christ said, I, I'm not building my kingdom in physical nature. My kingdom is spiritual in nature. The idea is, is that someone has just gone over and flipped the light on and we become aware of a whole spiritual realm that we've never seen before. I think this is portrayed very well in... Um, Chronicles of Narnia. These children are children in the real world, but when they pass on to this other dimension, this other world, what are they? They are princes. They are kings. I think uh, C.S. Lewis portrays it very well. We're not to anticipate these physical blessings. Uh, in fact, what we do, and in fact, this is the question. Do we rise above these physical element? To the spiritual element. Do we, can we distance ourselves from the circumstances of this life and live in that heavenly realm? Do we become aware of those spiritual realities that we have in Christ? Or are they non-existent? Are they just out there somewhere that we're not aware of? Well, let's move on. God is the source of these blessings. We are the recipients, or believers are the recipients. The extent of these blessings are comprehensive. The nature of these blessings are spiritual. There's two more questions, and we'll bring things to a close here. The next question is, where are these blessings to be found? And the last two words in verse 3, in Christ. It's one of Paul's favorite phrases. He uses it 30 four times in this one book, in Christ or in Him. In fact, we see it, I think, probably 12 times, if I counted right, in this, in this one passage that we've been talking about. Now, certainly Christ is the means. And what is he talking about in Christ? Well, Christ is definitely the means by which we gain these spiritual blessings. That's, that's obvious. But I think what Paul is talking about here is, again, location. It's... Where these blessings are found, they are found in Christ. And that just is pointing out a, a mystical union, theologians would say. There's some kind of connection between believers and Christ that, that is somewhat hard to understand. It's somewhat hard to explain. But it's no less there. It is a reality. I want you to see some of these verses. We are called disciples of Christ. And disciple is just a learner of Christ. And there were many disciples in that day. That was the means by which they were taught. They would follow around a, um, a guru or, or someone and, and learn from them. But the relationship that a believer has with Christ is far deeper 
than simply a disciple of Christ. John chapter 17, we see in Christ's high priestly prayer, he says, um, I do not ask on behalf of those alone, but on those who those also who believe in me through their word. This is Christ is praying. He's praying for his disciples and those who believe on his word. And then he goes on, verse 21, that they may all be one. Even as, Father, you are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that, we, that you sent me. There's that union These blessings are in Christ, and that union is our um, connection to God, and those blessings come from Christ, but he's talking about here in Christ, being in Christ. That's the important phrase, that union with Christ. In Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, he says, uh, Or do you not know that all who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been baptized buried with him through the baptism of baptism into his death into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of Jesus through the glory of the father so we too might walk in newness of life that's that union with Christ to the point that what Christ does we get the benefit from or for and our book in Ephesians here, he talks about, if you look at the Ephesians chapter 1 at the end of the, the passage, we're also called the body of Christ, which has one body, the fullness of all, uh, fullness of him who, is, who fills all in all. So we're disciples of Christ. We've been baptized with Christ. We are the body of Christ. He goes on, and there's other verses that I could read, but we are also... Um, Christ's body, we are Christ's bride, we are Christ's fold. We cannot get away from this connection with Christ. There is no other way men can be saved apart from Christ. That connection, that being in Christ is essential. You want the spiritual blessings, you go through Christ. It is in Christ that those blessings are found. Now, we're going to look at that even further as we go through this. This phrase, in Christ, is going to come up, and we'll, we'll see that even more. But that's the reality. It is in Christ. Um, this is in, in reference to those who belong to Christ. Those are His people. That's the idea. Last week, we had, I had the privilege of baptizing two, uh, Sean and, and Brian that was a blessing to my heart. That's always a blessing when you have the opportunity to baptize. But what, what that baptism was, was a union. That baptizing, baptize, baptizing baptism signified a, an inward reality, a spiritual reality. Now, it was just something physical that we do, but it represented what was going on, that we were baptized in Christ. We are now identifying ourselves with Christ. We are in Him. We are connected to Him. We are, have joined ourselves to Him through, through joining a local church. His body, His bride. That's the connection. It's, it's being in Christ. 
that these blessings are found. God is the source. We're the recipients. Believers are the recipient. The, the blessings are comprehensive. The nature is spiritual in nature of these blessings. And then they can only be found in Christ. There's one more question. One other element. What is the proper response to this blessing? What is the proper response? Well, I think you see, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The proper response is, we bless God. We turn around and praise God. We say things that are good about God. We talk about God. That's exactly what Paul is doing here. In fact, if, if you just are reading through this, you almost get the sense that Paul, Paul kind of, kind of is just waxing eloquent here. He just kind of, his emotions just get the best of him, and he's just going into this big blessing to God, this praise to God. It's almost this, this spiritual experience. Now we find out that every bit of this is thought through, is there, it is real, it is something to be analyzed. There is intelligence to it. But it, boy, it just seems like it's coming from a heart of praise. And you realize the idea, Paul gets it. He understands. And boy, when he thinks of these things, he just, it, come out, it comes out and, and just prays to God. And that's, that's what we see here. The appropriate response is just praise to God. I want you to turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 22. And I think you see a picture of this. John chapter 4, verse 22. Now, this is a passage you may not be expecting to see a picture of what I'm talking about. But this is Christ in his evangelism talking with the uh, woman at the well. And he, there's some dialogue going on. And he, she reminds her, or he reminds her of some spiritual things here. Chapter 4, verse 22. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is seeking those worshipers, those that will, will proclaim Him, that will speak well of Him, that will worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So therefore, when we receive these spiritual blessings, what is that? Now, God, it's an intellectual thing. God ignites or, or informs the mind. We have to be informed of these things. But it also ignites the heart in worship and in praise to God. God is seeking those who will worship him. Those whose heart is pure. Those whose heart responds to a gracious Father who is benevolent and has given every spiritual blessing. God is seeking those worshipers. That's the idea here. Well, do you see the package? If you are a believer, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, submitted Him, God is your Father... You're faithful in Christ. You're desiring after righteousness. Then you have received every spiritual blessing. And the question we have to ask ourselves. Is that where our blessings come from? Or do they come from other sources? We can be like the world and, and come to peace of mind over a lot of things in our life. 
But for the believer, it's right here. Every spiritual uh, blessing. In the heavenly realm, if you are a believer, when you walk past that door into the heavenlies, into the spiritual realm, you're going to find out that you are a child of God. Just like in the, in the movie, or in the books, Chronicles of Narnia, that had an effect on those little children, didn't it? They, were, they thought of themselves differently. They thought of God differently. They thought in a different realm. Even, even as children. That's exactly what Paul's wanting right here. Think of things in a different light. You are children of God. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. It should affect. It should affect your life. It should affect the way you think and the way you act. What what you do. It should affect your understanding about God. And most of all, it should ignite within our heart... A love for God, a love for God's people, love for God's word that just exudes worship toward God, blessing and praise toward God. Well, this is a this is a wonderful passage to celebrate our Christ's birth just yesterday, and in looking forward to a new year. We need to commit ourselves. We need to think, you know what? I'm going to live out that. I'm going to live as though I have every spiritual blessing. It should affect our lives. The spiritual reality, that's the real reality, folks. This physical earth is the temporal. It's not the real. Now, it's sometimes hard for us to see, and sometimes we forget. But the reality is, is that God is on the throne. And the reality is, is that we are His children. What a blessing. What a blessing. Next time we get together, we're going to open this package and look at all of this, this gift that God has given. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, I pray that this message would have its effect on our lives. Help us to see ourselves as having every spiritual blessing. Help us to take advantage of what we do have and what we know. Lord, I pray that there would um, that we would not forget, and that it would just be in some warehouse somewhere that that we know these things, but we just don't take advantage of them, or maybe just not even be aware, Lord. But Lord, help us to become aware, and help us, Lord to draw from that resource. And, and may that become the source of encouragement, the source of peace and rest in our minds and our hearts. And that source of great joy, that joy that only you can give in spite of the circumstances. Lord, what a blessing. What a tremendous blessing from you. And thank you for allowing us to find this blessing. Discover this blessing and learn about this blessing from your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.